0: Welcome to the NBDA Podcast, interviews with industry leaders and subject experts from across the business development world. Join us as we talk about real-world experiences, challenges, and opportunities that can take your career to the next level. The NBDA Podcast is brought to you by your podcast team, where having your own podcast is as easy as being a guest on ours. Discover more at yourpodcast.team. Now here's your host, Dave Spray.
1: Welcome to the NBDA podcast. My name is David Spray, and today we have a special guest host, Sue Ellen Birch. Regular listeners will recognize Sue Ellen's name since she was a guest on episode nine of the podcast. Today, Sue Ellen is talking with Tina Salisbury, the partner development manager with Combined Arms right here in Houston. Tina is responsible for administering the due diligence process of vetting best in class organizations managing partner training, onboarding, development, and expansion nationally. Tina served her country for over nine years as a personnel officer in the United States Air Force. She was commissioned from Texas State University Air Force ROTC, where she received a BS in general studies with concentrations in mass communication, family and computer sciences, and aerospace studies. Combined Arms is a nonprofit organization to help military veterans successfully transition into the civilian life. Since founding in, 19, in 2016, the organization has helped more than 20,000 veterans. Combined Arms is also the designated nonprofit donee for the National Business Development Association. This episode is being released on November 10th, the day before Veterans Day. For those in Houston, please remember to attend the Veterans Day Ceremony on November 11th at 10 a.m., as well as attend the parade that begins at 11.30 a.m. at Dallas and Bagby. In this episode, Tina shares how she learned of the National Business Development Association, joined the board, and the value that she has received from NBDA. She also shares some of her best practices around business development and what she would tell her 25-year-old self. This is a fast-paced episode since Sue Ellen and Tina both get right to the point. They also have a great dynamic and their energy is contagious. Now, let's get to the show.
2: Hi, Tina. Thank you so much for joining us this morning on the NBDA podcast.
0: Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. This is the first time I've been interviewed on a podcast, so this should be fun. Yeah,
2: it is exciting, so... Thanks for joining us again, and tell me a little bit about what you're currently doing over at Combined Arms.
0: Okay, so I am the Partner Development Manager for Combined Arms. I actually started the end of 2019, and I started out as the Collaboration Manager, working with our member organizations, doing engagement. So I am an Air Force veteran. I served from 2009 to 2018, and I moved back to the Houston area the end of 2018 and a year later started with combined arms. And on November 1st, I'll be coming up on my second year.
2: That is awesome. Thank you so much for your service to our country. And it's super exciting that you got to transition over to combined arms. Can you tell me what the mission of combined arms is? So
0: the mission of combined arms is to unite the community to accelerate the impact of veterans. We're really working in the veteran transition space With the Department of Defense being the number one producer of displaced workers in the U.S., a lot of military veterans transitioning out of military service for however long they served back into their communities, and we've tried to help with that transition process through the DoD Transition Assistance Program, but there's a lot of gaps that need to be, especially with resource navigation and finding those local community resources and just getting plugged into the community. So that's where Combined Arms comes in. Um, We are a technology platform that helps connect veterans and family members to uh, resources through our member organizations.
2: That's fantastic. So how long has Combined Arms been around?
0: So Combined Arms started in 2016 and it began just out of an idea from a few other veterans who have transitioned out of the military and they were sitting together and talking. One of them, John Bursler, our former CEO, he was actually going through his master's in public administration. So he he used the concept of combined arms as his thesis project, which is really, really awesome. So I, I kind of love that story of how it got started. But originally there was an organization called Lone Star Veterans Association in Houston. And Lone mm-hmm. Star Veterans Association really focused on the community group aspect and affinity group aspect of getting veterans together just for networking and volunteerism and you know community aspect. So what they did was they merged that community aspect and community group with Lone Star Veterans Association and merged that with Combined Arms and the technology platform to assist with resource referral. And so that was in um, 2016. And since then, we've had a lot of growth and expansion and changes over the
2: years. Wonderful. That's super exciting. Can you share a success story that might have recently happened without releasing any personal information, of course? But love to hear about that.
0: Hmm. Well, there are so many success stories with combined arms, and I think that that just speaks to the, the reason we exist. I think that there are some negative stereotypes, maybe, in the community about military veterans. And so what we're trying to do is change the narrative that veterans that are transitioning out of military service, they're not broken, you know, they don't have just mental health challenges, that these are resources and assets to the community that can help elevate the impact, you know, to their community to companies that they bring over soft skills that are transferable to be on on team. So really just trying to articulate the the value of veterans. So we have been able to serve, we've hit over 20,000 clients in our system. So that would be 20,000 unique success stories, I'd have to say. Yeah. Yeah. So our top requested resources has always been career services. So what we have learned through data is the first thing that veterans need to get connected to is economic stability, right? So they want to be able to find a job, support their family, figure out what benefits they need after military service. And then after that, the next thing that they want to get connected to is their community um, through volunteerism, through networking. And, you know, as we know, being in business development, networking is everything that gets you all of the opportunities where you're going to go. With the pandemic, though, that's definitely highlighted some of the more essential services needs. So We have really been looking at more financial assistance requests. Food insecurity is another big issue. So all of these things go hand in hand together. And we work through our collaboration committees. So we have five different collaboration committees that all of our member organizations, which we have right now, 177 member organizations that we can connect people to. 45 wow. of these organizations are national. So, anybody, whether they're in the state of Texas or not,
2: can connect to our resources. That's fantastic. That's um, so good to hear to have, for the veterans to have some, someone to reach out to all over, not just locally here in Houston. So, that's wonderful.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so, people can get connected to us through our website, um, they can do self assessments and answer some few short questions, uh, fill out some demographic information, and they can self-refer to us. We also have a mobile app that our community connectors and staff of our member organizations can connect people to resources, and we have a no wrong door policy. So that way, if a client goes to one organization, then that organization is not able to serve that person's holistic needs. We don't want anybody to follow fall through the cracks. So we mm-hmm. want to get them referred to another organization so that we create that that net that nobody's going to fall through. And, and then the, other way, the other way that people get connected um, to services is through our intake team. So we do have an intake team that we kind of call our front lines. And mm-hmm. they're led by a licensed clinical social worker. And we have some interns um, that rotate through on, on the different semesters from the schools that they come from in either public health or social work. So they're usually handling those, those more crisis calls and the things that have to do, especially with mental health, homelessness, and financial assistance. So that way they can make sure that they do a full wraparound support and get a full assessment of that person's whole needs and get them connected to the right resources. So like I said, there are so many success stories
2: I don't know if I can think of just one one (laughs) that's okay no problem it sounds amazing I love that you that combined arms is focused on the holistic person and not not allowing them to fall through the gaps right filling those filling those gaps and if you guys aren't the right resource for everything making sure you're connecting them to the right resource that's amazing can you share what the website is if anyone's listening that would like to go to the website
0: yeah, absolutely. So our website, and you can learn a lot more about our story and about us and our mission and what we're doing. The website is www.combinedarms.us. So combinedarms.us.
2: Perfect. So quick little pivot. How did you learn about National Business Development Association? I learned about NBDA just through my
0: role, through my my former role as collaboration manager. And we've been Combined Arms has been working with NBDA for what I'm aware of at least a couple years. So I was approached by our former development manager, and we wanted to be able to provide some opportunities to grants to our member organizations. So I know that that's one of the reasons that NBDA has named Combined Arms their philanthropy is because we're not just one organization. We consist of multiple organizations with multiple missions. So, in that way, we're able to provide support to a larger need.
2: Okay, great. And what are some of the benefits that you've seen NBDA kind of fill for Combined Arms so far?
0: I think some of the benefits, especially on the entrepreneurship side. So, When we're talking about accelerating the impact, the veterans that I think NBDA can help support are those that are trying to start their own business. You know, they're beyond the basic needs that they're looking for. They're trying to to elevate what they're doing and create their own business, create their own sales pipeline. And I think that the professional development and training and networking opportunities that NBDA has and that through Combined Arms being the philanthropy and being able to offer those tickets for for free to some of the events that usually cost money to be a member and to be able to attend. Giving the opportunity for veterans to be able to attend those and get to network with,
2: it, with their community, I think is invaluable. I agree. I think it's wonderful to get to see our members sponsor veterans to come to these events. It's been really great. And we have two more events for the rest of the year. So hopefully we can get some more people into those as well. So shifting over to your business development effort, how much time per week do you think you dedicate specifically on business development?
0: Hmm. I think that's a good question. I don't know if I could put time to it because I feel like almost everything I do throughout my regular day is probably business development exactly. related exactly. in some way. Yeah. You know, of course there is there's some of the admin functions that come along with that, but probably 80 to 90% of my work week is focused on business
2: development. Awesome. I love it. Mine is too. <laughs> what would you say your top three BD practices, best practices are? I think,
0: so I feel like I may be a little bit newer to business development and I'm definitely thankful for some of the professional development I've received from attending the events with BDA compared to some of the other members who I know have been in their career for a very long time. So I think for me personally, some of my own best practices, because I I know myself well through self assessments and kind Mm of what my my own um, style is. And I know that my procrastination style can sometimes be perfectionism. And so I have to remember that Perfect is the enemy of good. Sometimes you have to just take action, and in order to take action, especially when it comes to business development and sales and marketing, we have to be able to automate our processes and streamline those processes. But also to be able to just step out and and do something. You know, like they say, like doing something bad is better than doing nothing at all. Right? When you fail you know fail well learn from those mistakes and just always be learning and growing and be able to be transparent with what you did wrong and when you know better you do better so that's that's one of my best practices right and then and then also just developing a comprehensive plan and strategic partnerships so in order to go anywhere you need to be able to know where you're trying to go you need to have measurable goals to be able to attain and and be able to you know build that path forward and then always remaining flexible when things change.
2: All of those are great um, hits, right? So measurable goals, making sure you have a plan and remain focused on that plan, but know that if you are if you veer off and you make a mistake, that you you really take a step back and learn from it. I think that. That's fantastic knowledge for everyone to hear. How would you say that you build rapport with prospective clients or in your case, veterans? Well,
0: I would, and I would say my clients are less on the veteran client side and more on the organization side. So those are the people that I'm working with on a day-to-day basis so building rapport um, with my member organization staff, collaboration is number one. That's that's key. Letting people know that you're there for for you know to help advance their mission. So it's it's not all about um, me or my organization and what we're trying to do, but how can we come together and work together? The other thing is is follow up. In any sales job I've ever done, you know, multi-level marketing, anything like that, I've always heard the term uh, "fortune is in the follow-up," and I think that's the number one way that you can lose rapport or lose trust with clients is when you, you know, forget to to reach out to them, and also reaching out to them, you're building that personal connection. So again, it's not about what you're trying to sell or what you're trying to accomplish, but just getting to know that person for who they are and and just kind of planting those
2: seeds. I 100% agree on the personal connection side. I mean, getting to know who you're working with is super important and making sure that you understand their needs and what they're looking for and the collaboration piece too and working together to to help both missions, right? Right. Uh, fortune is in the follow-up. That's the first time I've heard that one. That's great. <laughs> that's a really good little follow-up is key. I mean, making sure you have those touch points really does continue to drive um, new business. And it could be a long process or a short process, just depends. But as long as you're reaching out and and making those connections, I think that's also extremely important Um, and agree with you 100% on building rapport and building connections overall. So, what would you say is the most valuable thing that you have learned and something that you might practice daily or on a weekly basis to build your network?
0: I think that it's been difficult and different, I guess in this, the COVID pandemic environment, Mm -hmm. people working virtually from home, it can make it really easy for you to just hide behind your computer. And, you know, things like social uh, media and LinkedIn are really great tools But I think in order to really develop those personal relationships, making the time and scheduling the time to to really make personal connections with people, whether it's being able to sit down with them, whatever their comfort level is and meet for coffee or lunch. You just never know what comes out of those conversations because it's not a conversation that has an agenda so you're just there to be able to listen to their experience and and work together. Agreed.
2: COVID has really um, shifted us into a lot of different platforms, right? <laughs> that we've we've tried to adjust to, but meeting in person is by far the best. And like you said, not having an agenda and just getting to know who they are and sharing a coffee or a meal together is is super important. So outside of your day to day activities and working with combined arms and other organizations like and bringing them in, how do you feel like you can you step back and stay focused and recharge? Hmm.
0: Recharge, I think is, is so huge. We talk about wellness and resiliency and, you know, all of those things and and self-care too. You hear that a lot. And I think self-care is a lot more than just bubble baths and and getting your nails painted. It's it's (laughs) a lot it's a lot more about balance and mindsets. One of the things that I remember from my time in the Air Force is our our four pillars to resiliency. So, being balanced in all of those areas of your life, mental, physical, social, spiritual and and just kind of not letting the overwhelm get to you because there may be days where you can't do it all, but you can plan some focused time, maybe you can do it all throughout the week, but not within the same day. So just kind of setting the tone for your mindset and reminding yourself, like, what mood do you want to bring into the, the room? You know, there's studies and research out there about the way that you physically hold yourself, you know, with yoga, the warrior pose, a wonder woman pose, or even just smiling those mm-hmm. physical things rewire your brain and they rewire your thinking. One thing that really stuck out to me when I went through Brene Brown, dare to lead training was it's impossible to be depressed and grateful at the same time. Hmm. So just having that, that growth mindset instead of a, a fixed negative mindset. So I know that's not really a, maybe a actual thing that I do to recharge, but you know looking at all of those areas and then maybe setting monthly goals and putting myself back on track and reminding myself am i am i doing enough in one area or the other and if i'm not meeting all of those areas then where do i need to remove distractions so what are the things in my daily life that are not getting me toward my goals so just asking myself does this get me where i want to be so, yeah, just balance and so really, in
2: life. yeah, yeah. So really, sitting down and and reviewing those goals that you've written out. I love the the four pillars of resiliency. Can you state those again? You said mental, social, spiritual, and physical. Physical. Okay.
0: Right. So, and and one of the physical things is not just about working out. I know I've I've really been challenged with my kids' schedule, my work schedule, everything else, and. And I kind of beat myself up because I'm not able to always make it to the gym. And I haven't in a little while, just admitting that. But there's other things that come with the physical besides just working out, you know, eating right. Those are things you can do that doesn't take any time at all. Making sure that you get enough sleep. Sleep is huge because we all know if we don't get enough sleep, how that affects, you know, the brain fog and mentally and everything else. And, and then that crosses over into other
2: areas of our life. Absolutely. And then the self-care piece. I love how you said it's not bubble baths and painting your nails. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like so many people do when we talk about self-care, that's what they think of. And maybe even especially as women, you know, mm-hmm. we're like, oh, well, let me take a bubble bath, which with children, that's sometimes very difficult, right? So what other self-care thing you mentioned really helping yourself getting into balance, mm-hmm. a different mindset, what things do you do for self? One recently that I've started doing,
0: Because my son's football schedule has really taken over my life. (laughs) I I used to, you know, try to get a lot of work done during that hour and a half. So I'd be sitting there with my laptop and and which is a good thing. I'm being productive. But what I realized is just kind of taking some time to step away from the computer and using that time intentionally. I've gotten back to reading books. So I love, you know, nonfiction, self-help type books, but you know, finding some, some fiction books that I can just kind of escape the, the daily life. And, and that kind of gives me some time away and a break from the computer. That, that's been one of the recent self care things that I've started doing.
2: Yeah. And that's a great way to recharge overall. I think it's, it's important for us to take a step back. And I mean, we could all work many hours of the day, but it really wouldn't be our most productive, time if we we're just constantly working, right? Taking a step back and and doing something for yourself to to recharge is super important. So that's awesome. Right. Great. Yeah, Great and
0: another thing that I recently started using and I'll I guess I'll plug them. I don't know if you've heard of FocusMate. So no, I, I learned about them through a Facebook group for neurodivergent, ADHD, things like that. So I think you know whether people are diagnosed or not, they can probably empathize with with some of those experiences, especially in, in a world where we have so many distractions and and so much different priorities, you know, competing for our time. So mm-hmm. I, I found out about focus mates, and I started scheduling time to co work with strangers on the computer. Oh. But what it what it does is it psychologically like you are you were putting the time aside, you're setting a goal you get onto that focus mate session and each one of you tells each other what you're working on for that 25 minutes or 50 minutes. And, and then you work through it with the camera on. So you each see that each other is working. So you're not going to get distracted as easily and go do other things. And, and that's just really helped focus me and manage my distractions and just help that- me productive.
2: That's really amazing. I hadn't heard of that before. And especially since so many of us are doing hybrid work from home, work in the office, and we're not really getting that that same connection as what we used to get before COVID, right? Working virtually.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cool. I,
2: mean, I think there's been a lot of benefits to the work from home
0: structure and the, the hybrid that a lot of companies have gone to. But there's also those those negative downsides, you know, not not having that physical connection with people and just seeing other people being productive and doing work, which makes you more productive. You know, we are at home and a lot of times you get distracted with all the other home things, home management and cleaning and other things that need to be taken care of that are not work related. So putting yourself in that physical co-working environment has just really helped me.
2: That's really neat. Yeah, it's easy to get distracted with the dishes and doing laundry um, for our kids, football gear and (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) completely understand. Talking a little bit more about the board um, for Mm -hmm. NVDA, what do you feel like you appreciate most about being on the board?
0: Well, one of the things I appreciate, this is the first time I've ever experienced being on a board. So it's similar to leading some of the committees that I talked about. Uh, We have the professional growth, education, essential services, family. And leading those committees is is kind of like a small board, but just getting the experience to see how, how does a board function? What are some of the administration things of just leading a a team of people and and managing meetings. That's one of the things, but, you know, overall, just kind of developing myself as a a leader and definitely stepping out of my comfort zone, because it's probably not something I would, would have felt comfortable signing up and doing on my own, but just kind of out of the, the area I was in with my job role, it just, it fit in. And so I was able to come onto the board as one of the philanthropy co-chairs. So it's it's also been really great to network with skilled professionals. I think a lot of the people on the board have many years of experience doing what they're doing. And so I think they're it's really great to be able to hear from their experiences, pick their brain, and and meet other people. So when I came onto the board, or when I learned about the board in two thousand. Was it 2020? I think it was 2020 or or late 2019. And Tracy Kearney was the one that I I first met, and so she's she's been a really great networking partner for me, especially in the HR space, because that's that's another thing is that I recently got my certification in SHRM Senior Certified Professional, and she's been able to introduce me to other HR professionals, which has been really great for networking. So I know that's like a long. Way to answer that's that
2: okay question. that's a great that's a great answer though i mean you've done a great job on the board i think you you speak up um and bring lots of ideas to us and that's kind of where we got i believe you brought the idea to to kind of sponsor a veteran for our members to come to events right so, i think that's fantastic you've done a great job this year it's kind of crazy that the year is coming coming to an end so so I, quickly I,
0: <laughs> I mean i feel like we we maybe haven't accomplished as much as we we would like to. This this past year and a half has been really weird and and kind of put you know some challenges on things, especially with our in person events and and outreach and things like that. But I think that we've you know definitely come up with those ideas that we can move forward with in the future years to come.
2: Certainly, we've had to pivot quite a few times. COVID has has really set the stage for a lot of different challenges that we weren't expecting. So I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you would like to share that would add value to other business development professionals that we may not have touched on yet?
0: I mean, I think we talked about mindset, you know, growth mindset and always, always learning. But I think that self-awareness is just key. Knowing your values and starting with with why to what you're doing and knowing where you're headed. So I like the quote, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. So you really have to kind of develop your own, your own brand. So know what your values are, know what your why is. And that way, no matter what happens to you, business related, that, you know, your identity and yourself, and it's not tied to maybe the
2: company that you're working for. That's Absolutely key information. Self awareness is huge for all of us, and I think that'll tie us right next next into our next question. Um, based on what you know now, what would you tell your 25 year old self?
0: <laughs> oh, my 25 year old self, goodness! So I have to think, where was I when I was 25? <laughs> I was probably like brand new in the Air Force as a Butter Bar second lieutenant. So I think at that time, I probably was not aware of a lot of the personal challenges that that I would go through between then and now. I mean, I'm only 10 years older than that right now, but just knowing that no matter what those challenges are, that you're going to come out of them and be a better and stronger person for those challenges
2: perfect i agree i mean we we all have our our history and we can learn from it and and shift and and change your mindset i mean mindset's huge and i love the growth mindset i i live in that world every day and it's great to to grow professionally to grow personally and kind of tying back to that self-awareness piece understanding who you are and what you want to bring to the
1: world Um, yeah
0: I think when I was 25 too, one of the things that I learned, like my biggest regret was that I held myself back from from doing things or or having experiences because I was waiting for other people to join me. I'm I'm an extroverted person. I'd rather be around other people than myself. And so if if there were people who couldn't join me on an adventure or what whatever the thing is that I was wanting to go do instead of doing it by myself, I would just pass up the opportunity. And so I was actually stationed in the Azores, Portugal. And I've always, ever since then, wanted to go back and, and be able to visit and travel that area because there were opportunities uh-huh. that I passed up. So what I learned from that time in my life also, and what I would tell myself is don't pass up opportunities. Take the opportunities that come to you because you know life is short and you never know what may happen in the future and what you
2: may regret having missed. Absolutely. hundred percent. That's great. Great knowledge to add for sure. All right. Last question. And I promise this is not going to be hard. <laughs> Tex-Mex or barbecue? Hmm. Can
0: I say fusion?
2: <laughs> <laughs> is there a fusion between Tex-Mex and barbecue?
0: I don't know. I okay. guess we could have some like barbecue tacos. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, this is true. You could do barbecue tacos.
0: This is I don't absolutely know absolutely right a, on point. That's a good question, especially for a Texan. I mean, I, I grew up in, in New Orleans, but I moved to Houston when I was pretty young, like four years old, and, and I was always proud to become a Texan. I don't know why, but I was just always proud to become a Texan. And so I always say, like, I wasn't born here, but I got here as fast as I could. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, I think as Texans we kind of know like Tex-Mex is different than other Mexican food, but I don't absolutely, know.
2: that's very just different.
0: But I mean, wow. margaritas, margaritas and chips and queso any day.
2: There you go. Okay, so I think Tex-Mex won. I agree. I, think yeah. I met um, a friend to do the same thing. Chips <laughs> and queso is amazing. <laughs> Not yes. amazing for the body. I don't know if it really fits into the that physical pillar. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: it's gluten-free.
2: <laughs> That's funny. Perfect. Well, Tina, I really appreciate your time today. And thank you for serving our country and now serving our country in a different way by getting our veterans connected and organizations connected with them. We look forward to, con- to continue our philanthropy with Combined Arms moving forward as as NBDA does and hope to consistently add value to them. So thank you again and have a wonderful day. Thank you so
0: much. This has been great.
2: Awesome. We'll talk soon.
1: And there we have it. Another great episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes at podcast.nbda.co. And you can find out more about being a member of the National Business Development Association at nbda.co. That's it for this episode. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next time.